0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This
1: is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Second part of Sea Shepherd, so there's marine debris, Climate change and illegal, illegal
2: fishing. fishing. Yeah, 40% of all fish caught is illegal. So that's one of the big focuses. And I think a lot of the companies that are doing it legally are all working together, but it's the illegal fishing practices, such as cutting the nets, where we're getting it. Yeah. You know, like obviously it's worth a lot of money, but if you can fish illegally and get away with it, um, there's a book that's just come out called Outlaw Oceans, which has a lot about the illegal fishing and the slavery and everything that goes with it. And, and that goes into the different depths and the amount of money that's being made by these companies. Well, it's just like drugs,
1: isn't it, Grant? Yeah. You know, yeah. You know when, when you said the slavery and stuff, I mean, it's just a, it's a whole cartel type thing, wasn't it? It was a good book. Have you read it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. halfway through it. And the Chasing Thunder's just been released, which is a Sea Shepherd film that's now free to air on 7 Plus, And that's the longest maritime chase. So that covers Sea Shepherd pursuing one of these or the most wanted illegal fishing, which was the Thunder.
3: Wow. And so these Dimmer so I'm gonna mispronounce their title, Diminger uh Dimmeru <laughs> Rangers, they're obviously going out there every day picking up these 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 debris, which and a big portion of it is uh, is these ghost nets.
2: That's right. And and for those guys, you know, that's not supposed to be their key focus, isn't to clean up the beach, it's to manage the land. Mm. But unfortunately that's taking their focus away from other areas. Yeah. You know, and, and these guys have a long association with the land and and they've been there all this time and managed it, but then to go back to their sacred sites, their different areas, to take their family to these areas and seeing how affected they are by pollution and that has an on flow effect mm. with them because they're thinking, where's this coming from? Why is this coming to us? This was never our our way traditionally. And now, you know, I went round with uh, two of the rangers, they took us for a tour as we did some surveys and we went to Port Bradshaw and even as we got down towards there it was just getting worse and worse, you know. You see areas that are thicker than the areas that we've already cleaned.
3: Wow. But look, it's a a massive, big, scary problem, but I I still maintain it's one we can actually solve. So I'll give you an example in terms of, yeah, plastic pollution from Asia is a massive problem. Uh, You might have seen recently that the Indonesian government have actually come out publicly and said that they're committing to be reducing uh, their marine debris discharges by 70% in the next five years, and they're committed to going uh, what they're calling plastic pollution free by 2040. That's the Indonesian government, which is fantastic. So, look, whilst there's a big problems in terms of plastic pollution and particularly Asia, there are readily available solutions and some countries are sort of taking the initiative of actually doing something about it. So I'm hoping that the rangers and Sea Shepherd Australia will actually essentially have less work to do up in those sort of remote areas in that regard. But also I, I, I'm really interested in sort of see the difference between the plastic and marine debris you see so you mentioned obviously the door beach in arnhem land but you mentioned morton island so tell us about, a bit about Morton island like what you saw and how it differed i guess
2: yep so we went to morton island i think it was july last year there was 10 of us we went over again all volunteers everybody has paid for themselves from all over australia so they've all paid for themselves to fly to brisbane then we went from brisbane across from there and we spent the week over there so we had five days cleaning by the time we got there set up and came back And on the ocean side of Morton, we could see all the plastics that had been there for a while. So that's more the stuff that was coming from overseas. So that was the stuff we initially went to clean up. So we went to have a look at that. And as I mentioned, a lot of it had been washed out. So it was back in the dunes. So when we did the surveys, we could see it underneath the surface. But most of the plastic that we were removing was back behind the dune, so it had been windblown or it was caught in pumice fields or something that had been able to hold it back from washing out. So it it was pretty bad because it's supposed to be one of the cleanest islands around, but what was more concerning for myself was when we met with Uncle Ian. He's a Quandamokan elder, so they're the traditional owners for that area. we came across and met with him and we were talking to him and when we drove down to where he was near Karingal, We drove down this Tilkeri track and on the right-hand side you could just see the whole lot was full of single-use bottles, gas cylinders, just general household plastic waste. And in talking to him, he said that every time that it rains or there's a major weather event in Brisbane, all the waste from Brisbane washes out down the rivers, through the drains and ends up in these mangrove swamps so it doesn't get removed and it's just building up and building up. And it was pretty incredible. It said it affects their hunting, their fishing, everything that they do. It's also a dugong breeding ground there. So all that is full of, you know, household plastic. So we can't just blame Asia or other people. This is all stuff that's coming from the Brisbane River, the Logan River, the Albert River, Narang River, all washing across straight and affecting the island.
3: And this is something we're really trying to advocate. Like, obviously, Moreton Island... Is a, is a fairly local beach, I guess, island. What you were saying there is essentially consistent with the research from the CSIRO, which basically says the vast majority of marine debris on Australian beaches and in our waterways is from Australia. Yeah. It's not just... Asia or some other, you know, whatever. It is predominantly from Australia, and Morton Island is a classic example. It is downstream of a fairly dense sort of urban environment in southeast Queensland. You got Brisbane, you know, Ipswich, Morton, et cetera, Morton, Morton, Bay Regional Council, et cetera, and so all of that runoff that goes into those local waterways and ultimately into the Brisbane River and into Morton Bay, and subsequently into onto the beaches of Morton Island, sometimes is from us. That's right. Yeah, where we are, that's discharges to Moreton Bay and often Moreton Island. It's important to realise that the science indicates that only about 5% of all ocean plastic that enters our ocean might make its way onto a beach. So the vast majority of that pollution actually is retained within the water environment. And what's really interesting is only about 1% of ocean plastic is actually at the surface of the ocean. So whilst there's a lot of attention around you know, buoyant slats, cleanup operations, and maybe the sea etc et cetera, they're only targeting the floating plastic, which, as I sort of just mentioned, is only 1% of the ocean plastic load. So whilst you see a lot of stuff on beaches, the vast majority of it it's is still is still there in in the in the ocean in the waterways.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you were saying that before that after a big storm, it's just another wave of you know another wave of pollution coming back in.
2: Yeah, well all you got to look at is the highway driving here today. You know, last week was all covered in rubbish all the highway up here. Today you come and the streets are beautiful and clean because it's all washed down the drains.
3: And that's the thing. Like, uh, do you want a job with us? <laughs> this is the thing i I was, I guess, I was getting getting to eventually is like, do you understand how this pollution is getting there? Obviously, you are an avid listener of the podcast and you know all this stuff beforehand. But the, the the key mechanism as to how this plastic pollution is getting to our waterways and onto our local beaches is typically stormwater runoff. But I think most people don't make that connection. No, they don't. How does it make you feel like you must? I'm not sure what. Um, I'm, I'm keen to actually know how what Sea Shepherd Australia do in relation to mitigating that marine debris in addition to the cleanup activity. So, obviously, you, you're doing the cleanups, which is fantastic. But are you doing it? Let's guys, go
1: upstream, Graham. Yeah. What, Let's get to the source of it, mate. You know, imagine. I'll oh, oh, we'll run this past you. One of the biggest things that we need is manpower to maintain devices. You know what? We're trying to encourage communities like you're doing with the beach cleanups, but how do we take that upstream? Every pit you see on the side of the road is an entry point for water and an entry point for pollution. You know, there are products around. We sell them. There's heaps of companies that sell baskets that go underneath them. There's gross pollutant traps that don't get cleaned out. You know, it's far better to go upstream. What you guys are doing is obviously we have to do it. We have to clean this up. But as Brad's just alluding to, we need to avoid this. You know, the further up we go, and obviously the best to not even use it in the first place, that's the best. But the tide of pollution will keep coming, and if we didn't have a job to do, we'd all be very happy. But it's we as humans will keep keep, continue to do this. Yeah,
3: Jeremy mentioned the waste management hierarchy before. So number the, the highest priority on that waste management hierarchy, the most effective, the the least expensive, is to avoid. Plastic in the first place.
1: Avoid people so avoid don't
3: using. Don't smoke yep. as an example. Don't use a single use plastic bottle. Then it's uh, reducing and reusing, and then recycling, and then maybe treatment like stormwater treatment, and then cleanup. So cleanup, from my perspective, is the least effective, most expensive, but that's often where a lot of our attention is directed. And obviously, Sea Shepherd Australia are doing that, and it's. It's great work, but it must be like trying to... Well, every
1: day, like you say, yeah. every day, yeah. come back to you go, work yep. and it's, it's, all, it's here again. Yep.
2: And I think a big part with the beach cleans too is the education side yeah. of it. So we have people going out and speaking at schools. At our beach cleans, we have information walls. So I got some of the graphics from yeah. you a while ago. Yeah. And we have a lot of that and people educate around that way and we we're talking about organising a clean and emptying and gross pollutant traps so people can see and associate that. So I think that side of things is, is so really effective important. So So we can get somebody mm. to the beach, but if we said, hey, let's meet you up the road at the corner where this pit is, <laughs> it yeah. might be a bit harder. We can sell the beach. You mm. know, people will associate the beach, and then from the beach we try and take them back and see, you know, like we're doing a clean up at the brisbane river then we're doing one at 17 mile rocks so we're doing ones on rivers as well to try and Mm. not just be at the beaches to say hey this is where it's coming from it's also coming from the rivers it's not just you know associated with a beach it's we need to clean up overall Mm, what
1: what happens if i told you graham and you probably know this That there's obviously a lot of infrastructure, stormwater quality devices, infrastructure all around Australia that aren't getting cleaned.
2: Yeah, I think it's disgusting. I think it should be legislated. I don't know why we would, you know, legislate to put something in but not legislate to maintain it. You know, it's like a halfway measure that somebody's just made up so we can tick the box, look like we're doing something, greenwash it and then move on.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Look, for my mind, it's such an easy fix in terms of at the least – like obviously, plastic pollution is a big problem. There's a whole bunch of things we could be doing. But certainly, maintaining our existing infrastructure that's already in the ground surely has to be the easiest thing we can do. There's actually legislation that's already present in Queensland. Uh, if you look at the sort of uh, – there's a council act that essentially says council have to maintain their own infrastructure, which includes stormwater treatment devices. But rarely is that enforced. I mean, who is enforcing or who is mandating requirements and council to do that in short no one but that really needs to change but with that simple fix we We would stop. stop thousands of tons of plastic going into our waterways every year like Hundreds, hundreds of, thousands. of thousands. Yeah, and yes. I think Instantly. that's
2: that's what everybody's aiming for. You know, Sea Shepherd are trying to put themselves out of business. We're not yeah. getting yes, any 100%. business. We're all volunteers. Yeah. we we don't want to keep going cleaning the beaches, but it's the best way to draw people's attention to yeah, it. So well, I think absolutely. Well,
1: that that's uh, where again litter has been a gateway pollutant for us to tell our story about stormwater, yes. as you know. It is just one pollutant, and when we stop picking up litter, we're going to worry about everything else that we're putting down into our precious creeks, rivers, and oceans. But it's been a gateway pollutant for us. And it's visible. Well, that's because people relate to that. If if Brad started popping on about, you know, soluble nitrogen and what that does into, you know, marine environments, people switch off, go, I don't care, but a nitrogen, you know, whatever. If it's a wrapper or if it's a straw up a turtle's nose, people go, oh, I don't want that. So for us hey, great, we'll start on litter and this is a part of our Zero Litter to Ocean campaign is at least that can resonate with people. But don't think Brandon and I are going away (laughs) <laughs> Once we get litter, well, I mean, yeah. geez, do you think do you think litter is the most harmful? No, and this is something we talk about all the time. Like, we,
3: like you said, we use litter as a gateway pollutant to talk about essentially better catchment management. Okay. So, like, yeah, is litter the most concerning pollutant well, in what, terms what, of ecosystem? What is? you
1: reckon cigarette butts?
3: No, 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 no. No, I, no I, I think it's probably something to do with. It's probably it's more to do with sediment, okay. like the amount of dirt going into our waterways, such as my esteemed neighbour, uh, <laughs> which I, I can talk about. Oh yeah, time. hey, come back, <laughs> can you, can you talk
1: about it. So anyway, people. I got <laughs> God, I'm here to start to meet Graham and I rang Brad to go helicopter be a little bit late and I get... Oh my god! I've just been on the phone to my. It's all half and puff and bloody carrot, carrot oh, it up, and I'm like, Gra- "What? What happened, Brad? <laughs>
3: Explain." Poor old Graham had the misfortune of turning up. We're actually having the podcast in my house, by the way. You can, hit,
1: everyone can hear your dogs. Man. <laughs> yeah.
3: But so Graham actually rocked up just as I walked in the door as well. And I've walked in to see my neighbour who is constructing a house next door. He's got this pile of dirt that uh, essentially just sitting on his lot and at the top of the driveway, and if essentially rain falls, that would wash all the sediment into the downstream drain and into the prison River, et cetera. So that, uh, that is illegal and uh, isn't good enough and he also had a whole bunch of rubbish or sorry litter or debris on the driveway which again if it rained a whole bunch of it would have washed into the driveway and I just called him up and I said look you've got the miss." <laughs> Graham probably saw the vein <laughs> popping in my forehead and I spoke to the neighbour and said look you've probably got the misfortune of uh, being neighbour to essentially me Principal <laughs>
1: Environmental Engineer I use the word to protect. Principal, <laughs> yeah, principal Environmental
3: Engineer yeah. to protect. I live and breathe protecting our waterways yeah. and you uh, what are you what you're doing on your site is illegal, inappropriate and I will come down you like the hounds of hell <laughs> if you don't fix it up. I'll get, you get 24 hours, you got 24 hours. If I don't see an improvement, I'll call the council and I can be, absolutely bet your bottom dollar I will be there to when they issue you the fine. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, really- yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: So,
3: yeah, got off well with it. What's yeah, your name's yeah. name? No, right. I'm not going to mention any names. but look, it a very Okay, uh, call, look, call story call Peter. How did Peter <laughs> take Jeremy. it? How
1: did, okay, how did Jeremy take uh, it?
3: Uh, look, he was pretty good. He said, look, um, I wasn't aware of...
1: I wasn't aware uh, that you're a, I, you're a nerd? <laughs> no, he said I
3: wasn't. They, they assured me that they would put sandbags downstream on the drive when I said I can tell you right now that's not going to be good enough. Uh, you need an appropriate erosion control.
1: He needs to put tarp up there yeah. on top of it. He needs yeah. to put
3: sediment control around yep. upstream to even stop it going down. Absolutely, like, it's all about erosion control to start with. A proper you don't basically expose dirt exposed the rain to fall on it, etc. But yeah, erosion control, appropriate sed fence around the, the stockpile that he had set up on site. And uh, but long story short, he had none of that. And I said to him, look, what you need to do, is have to have a, a erosion sediment control.
1: You end up being but, really good friends with him, right. mate. Why don't you just <laughs> help him educate him? No. Why
3: yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm educating him by telling him if
1: it doesn't. Well, why fix are you us, we're running? We plan from some pictures. and no. show him. do you reckon he knows how to do it? Or no, are you, are you blaming the builder.
3: No, uh, uh, I I said to him, you as part of your development application, you need an erosion sediment control plan, a properly um, prepared and certified by a uh, certified professional in erosion sediment control, and you need the builder needs to ad- adhere to that. If he doesn't, I will again, I will come down on you like. Oh, a hey, no, no,
1: it. I'm just just trying to get the no, but uh, it's, it's not my it's
3: you. not my job to do erosion sediment control. <laughs> coming over look at it, up, look it it's like, look I it come up. home from a uh, day at work uh, dropping plastic pollution truth bombs and salt management and oh, uh, that's uh, I crazy. didn't want to deal with that but anyway Graham had the mis- Look, yeah, long story short you asked my question what's the, what's the probably more important pollutants yeah sediment nutrients heavy metals and stuff like that but ultimately that sort of stuff isn't really understood by the public but they all understand litter and it, it makes them uh, frustrated and annoyed and it's one of the easiest pollutions with, it's a really really easy pollutant to stop flowing into our waterways with that waste management hierarchy, stop littering in the first place. Stop reusing single-use plastic water bottles. If you're gonna smoke, give up, really. But if you're gonna smoke, put it, me. You know smoke. <laughs> put it in the bin. You know I smoke. Put it in the bin. Why don't Candy? But Sorry, but I don't. Oops. On that, I was keen. To, like obviously, uh, Graham is a very enlightened uh, ocean protect uh, podcast. He's, he's
1: only getting a T-shirt. One hundred percent.
3: And obviously, you probably heard us talk about the fact that you know, at least 90% of uh, Australian urban environments have no treatment whatsoever, and where we do have treatment, these assets rarely get maintained. Prior to actually hearing that from us, were you aware of that? No, I wasn't. Yeah
1: Hey is there a way Can we team up Because Look no offence Ocean is a cool name Sea Shepherd's slightly cooler <laughs> You know Number one You've got a bit more swing You've got boats <laughs> <laughs> I've got little pedals With Brad But surely Surely I mean if we give you This information Surely we And you can take it up To the big bo- Steve Irwin Ship commander And do whatever and, But surely as a group of people you, You'd easily like to, to Make your voice known To governments that this is not good enough. We need more people saying this is not good enough. Yeah, can, can we picture?
2: And I think that's a big part that's is yes? happening now, yeah. <laughs> is that we're, we're working these with the more other people <laughs> <laughs> and just trying to, trying to draw attention to these, yeah. sort of, yeah. these sort of issues, you know. Like the information wall that we have at all our beach cleans is a start. We've got stuff up there already mm. about this issue. But I think that by working together with different organisations, you know, people that see things differently is is how we're going to change it I'll tell you what together. Graham
1: Ryan and Richard from Pipe Management Australia we are doing a we're hopefully doing a GPT clean with them Yep. let's get you down there and if you want to get let's try and organise yep. it and get down there because we're going to get the media down there it's in Brad's um, is it Trevor Evans Trevor it, Evans is a local MP Yeah. bless him as he's got Brad as a, uh, a, a local a resident, a local <laughs> resident. <laughs>
3: he made the misfortune he sent a letter like a generic <laughs> yeah, yeah. letter to all these constituents and said Hey, have you got any ideas of stopping plastic <laughs> pollution in our oceans? Yeah, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to hear about them. Yeah. Well, did,
1: did he hear from me? <laughs> so he, so i was so on the phone to him the next day. To his credit,
3: right? yeah, he. I met with him like a week later. I sent him an email, a letter, sort of explained my role and whatever, and explained what my ideas were. And he met me next week and he said, "Look, I'm intrigued. I had no idea about this issue. I'm keen to see what's down these gross pollutant traps." And so, long story short, we're trying to organise a GPT clean out in March. We're, 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 in with March, motion.
1: we're calling him out. We're going to get. We're going to get Trevor. In out there, we are, and yeah. we need Graham. And when you get everyone Sea Shepherd, we can't get Steve in here because he's obviously a boat. Um, <laughs> I would like to go on him though. But obviously, like one thing we've been promising, I've been
3: promising Graham for a long time as a GPT clean out yeah. on the Gold Coast. Yep. Uh, okay. What we're going to try and do with the Pipe Management Australia guys is actually trying to coordinate that for you. So, yeah, that'd be great. yeah, so
1: definitely 100%. Yeah,
3: and that'll be really interesting. So, obviously, the, it's great the educational work that Sea Shepherd Australia do in terms of you know when and, you and,
1: the- and, and sorry and it looks cool I mean so can we just go back to that I mean that exactly. badge the Sea Shepherd badge I mean the boats look stealth <laughs> I mean whoever was in marketing just nailed that <laughs> brief you know what I mean it we- takes a pirate to catch a
3: pirate That's isn't that what I can yeah
1: sorry I've interrupted you. yeah briefly. but
3: obviously like it's great the educational work that uh, Sea Shepherd Australia do and I think when you are involved in these cleanup activities whilst whilst they probably in the whole scheme of things they're, they're not as effective as say not, not using plastic in the first place but they still have a really important role but i think the key thing that they do is they engage with the community when you're picking up cigarette butts it, it, it obviously and, and other sort of litter it makes you think twice about your own actions you look at all these wrappers you pick up and go well you know i'm going to actually start using less plastic in my day-to-day life when i pick up a thousand uh, single use water bottles you sort of look at and go well that's just silly let's just stop using single use water bottles
2: yeah, and I think that's that's a big part of it. Just at the end of the year we went over to Tangalooma Island Resort and we went over there and did a day clean. So this was after the Morton Island clean and we engaged with a lot of the tourists, a lot of the Asian tourists. So it was a big part of it because, you know, they're then picking up cigarette butts and seeing mm. that mm. it doesn't just go away you know and and there was a lot of people at the resort and the resort were fantastic in supporting it because they they're, they're tr- getting behind all all that sort of thing so mm. they they were awesome and assisted us in getting over there and assisted with our Morton Island clean so it was good to have the opportunity to work with them and their team and get their ranges out and getting everybody involved and opening that broader conversation up to people that had never, you know, might not come to a beach clean but because they are at a resort and they walked past, they thought, you know what, let's stop and talk for a while. So yeah. they, they come down and, and, and it was great, you know, but there was a lot of people that just didn't associate any of it, mm. just looked out on the beach and thought, gee, this looks clean and suddenly we're pulling all this yeah. rubbish up and they're going, oh, where's this all came from? It's come from just in front of you. You just didn't see it before until... You were the one picking it up.
3: Yeah, and I think, like Jeremy alluded to this before, like we're, we're very, like we're, we're, we have an influence and have some sort of impact in our own individual ways like Sea Shepherd Australia, Ocean Protect, various other groups. I think it'd be a great idea to try and sort of try and collaborate because ultimately we all want the same thing. We all, I've
1: got a little contract over here, Grant.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we all want less plastic, less pollution in our oceans and waterways. Uh, but it's interesting, like, and I had a very, a very similar conversation with Ben Pearson, who's uh, from World Animal Protection Australia, and they do a lot of work with sort of you know trying to prevent whales from being and dolphins and sea turtles from getting tangled up in, you know, and, and ingesting plastic. And like we know from Moreton Bay, for example, we know that thirty-six percent of marine Turtles that are washed up dead on Morton Bay have a significant amount of plastic in their in their bellies. I think one UQ researcher said something along the lines of their their stomachs are just full of plastic in inverted commas. But one thing that Ben Pearson said, whilst he's been working in this area, until he sort of heard Jeremy and myself get up and talk about where this pollution is coming from, he also had never made the connection. So if guys like Ben and yourself who are living and breathing this sort of plastic pollution issue, and and hadn't made the connection previously it shows you that there is some work to do not just within our own circles but certainly within the general public and i guess this is part of the idea of this podcast is to have this conversation to get this message spread more widely but ultimately what we're also seeing is that we're getting this sort of coalition of of i guess groups and individuals all going you know what we're part of this we're part of this solution let's work together
2: and I think that's definitely a way forward. Uh, at Green Week last year, they had Green Week organised by the Surf Riders Foundation down on the Gold Coast and that was one that pulled everybody together. I think uh, we did a clean two months ago with the Palm Beach Surf Club. They were the Love first. the Palmy
1: we've done a We've done a podcast there. Yeah. So they They've were
2: great. They went plastic free yeah. in August. Yeah, so, you know, what's we his name down the down Irish fella yeah. that he runs that He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Shout so, so out so to him. Know, I think he has me a We've beard. been down there and their counsellors are quite supportive down that way. Yeah. You know, So there is a lot more of that, partnerships, and I agree with what you're saying, that everybody needs to work together and, and the better relationships and the more people everybody can introduce everybody else to, the stronger it's going to get and the more more difference it's going to make, you know, and whether it be through images, you know, when we did the Morton Island clean, we've got a photo of a green sea turtle that we found that was entangled and died from fishing line. So, you know, there's, there's those sort of images, you mm. know, where six out of all, the seven uh, sea turtles in the world are in Morton. And then there was that article where in Florida they've got the turtle where they've removed the hook from the mouth and while it was um, healing, it's passed 100 pieces of plastic.
3: Oh, my goodness. Wow.
2: And then also back on the whales there's the photo from San Diego which was taken on Valentine's Day with a whale entangled in the drift net. Mm. so that that's big so you know those images are so important to get that out to the public because they mightn't you know they may miss out on the podcast they may yeah. not see certain things but those images might assist in getting people and then getting to think where does this come from you know? yeah
1: see that's it's really interesting because we often I guess last year tried the approach of shock you know it's to, to shock people. And sometimes shocking people, is, it's proven not to work. People sort of come off to it and go, Yeah, I've seen a whale dying, or what, you know, like. Absolutely. We had a really good conversation, Graham might remember, with Nate, Rachel Nasblaze
3: about yeah. how she's been involved with environmental education for a long time. And what they've basically shown is that the negative stories around the environmental impacts, et cetera, just often just wash over people. They'll shock people, and sometimes they shock people into action. But what's far more effective is telling a good news story. And this is where I think the day that the Sea Shepherd Australia, when you say, look, we've removed, was it, 2.9 million pieces of plastic, uh, and we've picked up X kilograms from Morton Island alone and whatever. They're fantastic news stories. And I think, in a similar vein, we probably, Ocean Protect and other groups, need to tell uh, their success stories but one thing we're finding is uh, particularly in, the, in our realm we, when we talk to the councils about okay how much pollution are you actually removing from your different devices they don't want to tell anyone no. and it's crazy it's just like you've got a fantastic story here You're, and I know some of the figures and the figures are astounding. But why Bradley? I don't know. But, well we had, a, we had a discussion about this because they probably recognise that whilst they're stopping a lot of pollution from entering the waterways there's a lot of pollution that's still entering the waterways which they are not really doing much about to stop. So whilst they might be maintaining well a, a portion of their GPTs and other devices, yeah. typically they're not maintaining the vast majority of them. What uh, do you say? Not
1: well ninety percent. From what we know, from what industry people we know, from what we see, from what we collaborate with friends, I'd say eighty percent would not be maintained. There yeah. would be my It would be. I'd, I'd, I'd give a safety of twenty percent would be weakly maintained. 80% worth. Yeah, but a, a
3: big reason for that is that.
1: Uh, well, what's your number?
3: Yeah, look, it's probably something like that, and whatever we, number we say, it will be wrong. But what, what yeah, yeah, the key right. message will be, what we're probably doing wrong is that the maintenance or the cost associated with a uh, maintaining a GPT, for for example, is just a line item on a, a ledger. It's just a cost item. What we're not talking about is actually how much pollution they're stopping. And I, I'd suggest we're not doing that for any of the initiatives. You know, the the single container deposit schemes. You know, when do apart from a a CSIRO research paper that's, you know, really hard to find on the internet, where do we actually see the environmental benefits of that? Like the the, the 40% reduction in littering uh, associated with the container deposit schemes is a fantastic story and I never see it told anywhere apart from sort of hard-to-find internet articles. Uh, the, the 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 stuff that uh, we do and Pipe Manager Australia and all the different companies in terms of different devices, it's incredible. Like the stuff that is removed on a day-in, day-in basis is incredible. Well, I guess, number one, we need to tell those stories more effectively, but ultimately, no one is advocating for more pollution in our waterways and oceans. No one. Everyone is very much concerned about this issue. It's a big, scary problem, but the solutions are readily available. And from my mind, that is the great new story. There's probably three key environmental issues facing the planet. Climate change, deforestation, and marine plastic pollution. Marine plastic pollution is readily solved. We, we've got the technologies, we've got the abilities, we've got the mojo to do that and solve it basically in the next five years. Yeah. Once we solve that, we can use the solutions that we – sorry, the, the, I guess the, the the strategy, the template, we can roll that out into solving the other two options. Marine plastic would be an easy win yeah, to it's achieve. we can do now. Yeah. So, But it does require a bit of collaborative effort and a bit of mojo. And I honestly think – with our powers combined, Graham and Jeremy, we can we can achieve great things. And I honestly think whilst it's a big problem,
1: we can solve it.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: May I uh, I feel as if we're going to uh, do some great things together. There is a little side. We've got an MOU for you, so it's not quite a contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been all, like it up on my phone. No, but in all seriousness. I mean, look, it's... All right, Lisa Dix I mean it was amazing listening to her story everybody at Sea Shepherd must have an amazing sh- story because of the work that you do so tirelessly and yet the dedication that you guys provide to protecting us I mean it's just amazing we'd really love to share some research with you we'd really love to get you involved yeah. in that GPT clean that'd be awesome mate It's um, it's been inspiring to speak to you I'm We've we'll been going for about an hour, which is uh, uh, a decent chat, so I'm not sure if we should uh, maybe wrap it up shortly. We should probably let Graham get home. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's worked a
3: full day today <laughs> and he's uh, given up his spare time to go- come talk to us, which so we greatly appreciate And I, I, think, I think I just want to say, Graham, just you do such a fantastic job. I know it's probably a completely thankless task, but from the bottom of my big vegan heart to your big vegan <laughs> heart, I just want to thank you for all your amazing work and those uh, sentiments certainly resound to the rest of the Sea Shepherd Australia team you guys do such amazing work and i can't imagine the world will be a worse place without you guys and particularly you graham
2: thank
3: so you keep it up
1: and
2: thanks for the opportunity to come on
1: oh mate geez stop it <laughs> <laughs> you're always welcome back graham cheers mate thanks for listening to the ocean protect podcast if you'd like to find out more about us and what we do check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.